Captain! Hark! Below! Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime. To choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with builds and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells, with slithering tentacle tail and steaming beard, take up his fell befinned arm. His coral tine trident screeches banshee like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye a bulging bladder no more. But a blasted bloody film now a nothing for the harpies and the souls of dead sailors to pick and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, Forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff or part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. everybody welcome to generation lost the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously featuring Bryn and jeremy <laughs> today <laughs> did you did you for a second did you forget that you're the one who intros the show i was thinking about doing a bit i was like going to say a vast laddies or something oh, but then yeah. i like couldn't think bail, of anything yeah. And I it was like, uh, yeah, you, you made not the right funny call. enough. And I also like didn't have a voice for it. So yeah. we just did normal. But hi, this is the end of Willem Dafoe month. De, de, de June. June. What do we say? <laughs> June foe. Junum Dafoe. Junum Dafoe. There you go. Will, Willem de June. It is the last episode we are doing about Mr. Dafoe before. The Dark Council has once again formed and will be telling us what we're going to watch yet again. For Coming the, down to the wire on this the one, though. sixth months in the... Well, we, they've got almost two weeks. They almost have a whole other week to do it, Bradley. Um, It just feels feels on down to the wire because we're recording so early, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, well, but we need to know pretty soon because <laughs> we have to watch it for next week. <laughs> we got to tell them right now. So... They will be telling us, oh, yeah, I guess we have to decide. Oh, shit. I haven't been doing my job at keeping them in line. Mm. 
Um, so we'll find out. We don't know yet, so we won't be t- saying what we're going to watching next week, as we are usually want to do at the end of the episode. Um, but this week, it's the lighthouse featuring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Um, but we're not going to talk about that yet. This one, though, does have quite a performance in it. <laughs> yes. This is finally, like at long last, this is finally an actually good Willem Dafoe movie. <laughs> yeah. But before we get too deep into that, why don't we just go right into what else we watched this week? Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. Bryn, as You're you welcome. know, I was recently stranded in... Yes, uh, the Washington D.C. suburbs, Allen Dulles Airport, in the Allen Dulles Airport immediate area, and uh, in my hotel, uh, I did a lot of hotel watching. Which mm, um, love love the hotel watch. I love a hotel watch. It's really, um, I mean, I think a lot of people have spoken on this uh, matter before, but the <laughs> the you know the the quality difference of Shark Tank uh, watching at home versus Shark Tank watching at a hotel. Absolutely. Um, so I watched a lot of Shark Tank. I watched a lot of Bar Rescue. Um, have you ever watched Bar Rescue? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, Bryn. Yeah, I don't have any TV. I know. I <laughs> you got it. Next time you're in a hotel, try okay. to find Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue is a show. Uh, it's this guy, John Taffer, who just go ahead and Google John Taffer All just right. to see what this guy looks like. We're Googling Mr. Taffer. John Taffer is uh, one of the ugliest guys on God's earth. American. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he looks like. <laughs> he looks like if Vito from Sopranos was melting. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. So just, just parts of his face are sliding off down to his neck. Yep. So just go ahead and like uh just like kind of scroll through these pictures. Yeah, I'm seeing him <laughs> making this picture of this guy. And uh so he's like uh bad looking dude. He's apparently like the uh you know, the chief bar guy. Every, he knows a lot about bars and he knows a lot about how to make them work and how to make them make money and whatever. And so Bar Rescue is a show where he goes to struggling bars. It's Kitchen Nightmares for Bars. It's Kitchen Nightmares for Bars, basically. He goes uh-huh. and he tells them how to get their business back together. It's more business-oriented than Kitchen Nightmares is, though. Kitchen Nightmares is all just like, your kitchen's disgusting, your food's a disgrace, what's sure. fucking wrong with you? And, and Bar Rescue is more like, you need to shape up your business, you're losing money. <laughs> so does he almost always succeed at rescuing them? I mean, you don't really know. He just kind of gives them a makeover and then just leaves. <laughs> it doesn't really make it clear usually uh, how successful it was. Um, okay, here. Um, on the Wikipedia, it says the bars featured on the show are already in dire financial and operational situations by the time Teffer intervenes, posing a significant challenge to a turnaround. Nearly half the bars featured, 74 of the first 166 featured through the midway point of season six, were unable to overcome their challenges, resulting yeah. in the bar closure. Not surprising, because the thing is that like most of the time, um, like what he does to the bar is like a travesty. 
Like he makes them <laughs> like, really yeah. like the kind of place you would absolutely never spend your time. Sure. Um, he's like got this very like weird sort of corporate sort of like it, he kind of turns everything into like an Applebee's essentially. Like it it always feels very sterile and fake. Um, some of the best ones. One of the ones I watched at the hotel was. Um, it was in like Wilmington, Delaware, and it was this guy had a pirate bar. It was a lady. A lady had a pirate bar. It was pirate themed. This and specific one is mentioned in the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very famous one. It's not the first time I've seen it. Pirate's um, Tavern with a Z. Pirate's Tavern with a Z, yeah. And everybody there are like, you know, co- like pirate cosplayers. They like are really serious about being pirates. Uh, it's a big part of their lives. And then John Taffer is like, this is fucking stupid. You're <laughs> losing money. Nobody wants to come here. Stop doing this. It's bad. Uh-huh. And then he turns them into corporate bar is what it's called. Corporate bar and grill. <laughs> and it's one of the most like astoundingly uh, like mean ones that he's done because <laughs> it really is just like, I mean, the logo is like a faceless man in a suit. It's like pretty, pretty sad. So he's just like being spiteful. He's so mean. He's so over the top. He's way meaner than Gordon Ramsay. Because like at least Gordon Ramsay, it's coming from a place of expertise. This guy's just like a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) And every single time he makes a new bar, you're like, I would never go there. Does he have like really successful bars that he owns? I don't know. Maybe. It's really not clear. The introduction is like John Taffer is an expert in bar science. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't say that. Does it's it? Bar science. Yeah, it's the whole thing. What is the it's fuck? like it's like they show you there's like all these calculations and whatever. And it's like how f- how tall the bar stool is compared to the thing and whatever. <laughs> The beginning of his Wikipedia is Taffer was born into a family of entrepreneurs, meaning he just was born rich. No kidding. <laughs> uh, he was worked first as a bartender uh, in West Hollywood while being a drummer in a band. Uh, what he, kind of band? It doesn't say, but it says that he, uh, he first managed the bar at the Troubadour uh, and was given full control of the bar in 81 where staff theft was rife. He opened his first bar as owner in 1989. Oh, here we go. Political views. Thank fucking God. In 2021, (laughs) he agreed with Fox News host Laura Ingram's comparison of Americans receiving temporary unemployment benefits due to the COVID-19 pandemic to dogs that must be kept hungry in order to elicit obedience. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. He later apologized and it was revealed that his LLC accepted nearly $61,000 of PPP loans. What a piece of shit, this guy. What a PP piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then when Donald Trump was elected president in 2016, Taffer praised Trump's economic policy, believing his tax cuts and deregulation would increase profits, benefits, small business, blah, blah, blah. He's a critic of the rising minimum wage, believing it leads to increased automation and less hours worked, leading to less pay for American workers. Yeah, he's a dumbass. (laughs) All right, so the show, though, this the is what you watch. I mean, it's trash. It's absolute trash. But I watched it a lot in the hotel. And then the other <laughs> thing I watched in the hotel, uh, which I caught only three quarters of, which is why I didn't want to devote too much time to it, uh, okay. is... Um, oh, the, you didn't finish it? 
I I've I caught it. I got in late. I finished it, but I got in about like maybe oh, half okay. an hour into the movie. That's often not a problem. Yeah, it's experience. not a problem, especially for this one because I watched the 2001 epic fantasy adventure film uh, directed by Peter Jackson, The Lord of the Rings, The, the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that movie. We just talked about this movie. Yeah, this is what I was talking about uh, beforehand is that I did mention it on the... I don't know. Uh, on the bonus episode uh, last week, I believe that I watched some of Lord of the Rings. And um, it's, it's it's interesting. Um, this was on TV or you this just was like on TV? Yeah. And I just kind of like. So commercials. No, no, it was on HBO. Oh, OK. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm 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 very intrigued by how much of it doesn't hold up at all. Some, a lot of it doesn't. A lot of it really, really, really doesn't. I, um, I mean, I could have told you that when at the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, not just, like, the, the visual effects are pretty janky. Like, the, the way that they look in terms of, like, size to one another, it only ever works in close-ups. Like, every time they cut to the wide, you're like, yep. no. Wrong. <laughs> what? That's no. not it. <laughs> This ain't it, Chief. That's not what people look like. <laughs> Wrong. Uh-huh. But what did you feel didn't hold up? Uh, I mean, so I think the visuals didn't hold up, but I also think that a lot of the acting is really poor. That's right. A lot of the acting is really, really, really bad. Uh-huh. And like, I mean, I get it that you're in like a fantasy movie and whatever, but like even Ian McKellen is like pretty fucked. <laughs> like, he's not, he's really like way too big. Everybody is way too fucking big. The only person yes. really who is like nailing it is... um uh, what's that actor's name? The guy who plays Aragorn, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Oh yeah, he's yeah. playing it pretty. He's he's doing pretty all right. I'm Daniel Day Lewis was offered the part. That's pretty crazy. Not surprising. That's pretty definitely, fucking wild. Definitely not surprising that he turned it down. <laughs> Nicholas Cage also received an offer but declined for family obligations. Mm. Uh, that fucking that would rock. That would have been so much better. I don't know <laughs> if it would He would have been way huger. He would have been way too huge. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so that stuff is interesting. I also like. I was thinking a lot about how like the the stereotype about it is that like everybody's gay in it. Um, okay. Like everybody, like there's so much like homoerotic tension between all the characters. And I really don't actually think that it's there. I think there's much more of a weird, like, like child, like childishness to everybody. Like it's definitely not there in the first movie. Yeah. In the second one, it starts to creep in, and then the third one, it's oh, pretty well, I mean, heavy. Oh, yeah, I, I, I believe I was the one who was talking about how, like, by the third movie, I'm, like, fairly certain that Gimli and Legolas have hooked up at least once. <laughs> <laughs> just to try it, just to see? Just, well, no, I think that well, you're, you're just together so often, you know? And, like, yeah. they really don't ever address it, like these people have needs, you know, like Aragorn <laughs> is the only one who ever gets any sort of romantic subplot. Everybody else is like perfectly pure. Yeah. I'm, well, they're just not real people. They're not the, real the people. Characters they're aren't getting it like, from somewhere else. Folks. <laughs> they're stepping out. <laughs> they're, they're getting it from somewhere else. Uh-huh. Gimli and Legolas are hooking up. For and sure. Aragorn is like going for a polite walk in the woods to give them their <laughs> space. <laughs> very polite of him i think <laughs> i think sam and frodo take turns fucking. 
who? A golem. No. <laughs> well, they are so weird with him in the second movie. Like when I they like know, have they him on the him. leash and shit. It's and gross. like Sam in particular is just like beating him and stuff. Like you wretched beast. <laughs> yeah, I think that For they, no probably, reason. they probably take he turns. He hates him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think one. I think one is like it just has so many problems for so many reasons. I mm-hmm. mean, like I like the movie now. I enjoy what's good about it, which is it's be- got beautiful parts. It's got some really good like displays of scenes that you remember are good from the book. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's like as a movie, it's kind of like a collection of <laughs> of scenes some of which don't make any sense some of which are sort of baffling uh some of which are they don't really give you much in terms of like motivation for stuff like you're supposed to just kind of take it as a given a lot of the time like what exactly is happening like i was thinking about how in that last bit where like the orcs are coming after them and you have that you know you have the scene where um where he's like, uh, you know the history of the orcs, and the guy, the the one orc is just like very clearly brain dead, and like not <laughs> actually listening to what he's saying. It's like talking to a dog. <laughs> Do you know who's a good boy? <laughs> he's just got like the fucked up teeth. No. Like, I'm just ready to go. Leave me alone. <laughs> but but in that last scene when um you know Frodo's off for his little walk and then Boromir is like give me the ring and then he's like oh no and then like um and then he runs into Aragorn and Aragorn just like knows right away he's just like you're leaving us all because you can't trust us with the ring and he's like I I gotta go (laughs) right and it's also like it's it was very confusing to me as a kid just to be like watching that and being like why is Boromir doing this yeah and it's like you're kind of just expected to because everyone feels that way about the ring Mm -hmm. and it's just like what does that mean that like it's like this straight symbolism that has no real edges like it's just there's nothing to hang on he says like some random thing about like you know how much i could protect my people or whatever i could protect us i could protect us real good it's like but why how does the thing work like what does that mean yeah you don't really even know how the ring works or what it does you just know that it makes frodo invisible and he goes into like this weird i'm too high sort of zone (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's couch locked by the ring. He's <laughs> just got that like weird, like, like it, you know, just like everything feels like it's like missing frames and stuff. And he's like, whoa, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> and then it's like, uh, even the concept of like sh- it's showing you that the ring wraiths can still see him or see mm-hmm. him more uh, is also a little bit like subtle and underhanded. Like you're sort of just like, oh wait, so does it make him invisible or not to these people why can't they get him uh yeah it's a weird it's a weird fucking movie and i feel pretty vindicated that it's not a great movie it's not a great movie i think um, the best i think just one more thing on the ring power thing is the best that they ever do on that is uh actually in that last sequence i believe um when frodo puts it on and you just see like the um What's the dude's name? The the eyeball. 
Um, Sauron. Sauron. When you see like the sky behind Frodo is just Sauron, just like just like comes in and sees him, and that's the first time that I feel like you finally are just like, oh, I get it. Like when you when you wield this power, like it, you're like a beacon that he can see. Yeah. But I still don't know what the power is. Really, you can turn yourself invisible. That's it. Why is everybody so fucked up over this? Right. it, they really needed to show they someone to else. They show someone else use it and do some, like, they need to show them, like, Goku punch somebody's fucking brains out or right, something. Right, or whatever you know, you're like, supposed to be able to do with it. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of stuff, but... And did yeah. all the other rings do that, too? No. It, the one ring does it, but the other rings of power give you little power, but not that much power, I think. And this one, I mean... The, <sighs> I don't know, man. The one, the one cool thing that it does is it it changes size depending on who's gonna. That wear is it. so cool. That that's a cool that. little thing that it. does. I think that's that he made that up for the movie, though. Damn. Um, yeah, in, I think in the in in the book, Sauron's fingers are human size. <laughs> I guess. Um, it's a it's a it's not a great movie, but it's a beautiful movie, and I mm-hmm. think it's there's there's a there's a really earnest thing about it that i do really like and i i'm i've come to appreciate now um but yeah i think it's i think anybody earnestly watching it uh now has to be like okay there's this movie has certain flaws (laughs) um but it's a beautiful little story yeah um yeah and i'm excited about magic the gathering lord of the rings edition (laughs) well bryn yeah I must know. What did you watch this week? Thank you for asking, Jeremy. This week I watched uh, 2023 American biographical sports drama film Air, directed Ooh. by Ben Affleck, um, <laughs> starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, and Chris Tucker and Viola Davis. Wow. Um, A lot of people. Nice. Also, Chris Messina. I skipped what the him fuck is I don't up with Chris Tucker, by the way? He's like just fully back now. He's back and he is raping children. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's in this movie and uh, he's fine. I don't know. Um, he's definitely a pedophile. I don't know why everyone's okay with it, but that's how Hollywood is. Uh, this movie is a story about the guys who made the original Jordan 1, Air Jordan 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it's real cute. It's it, it, it's a movie that I feel like there was some discourse around. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "This movie's gonna be fun." I, I'm 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 pretty prepared for it. It kind of has a winning time vibe to it. It's kind of shot with the sort of like, I don't know if it's actually shot on sixteen millimeter, but it kind of looks like that mm-hmm. um and it, it centers around uh this guy named sonny vaccaro who is a his job is sort of unclear <laughs> at, at at nike he's phil knight's friend his job is like a talent scout and he's supposed to like make connections and sort of do marketing in sports and like get right. nike to be successful in other sports um what are they in at the beginning uh running okay nike is like the running shoe um 
for runners and tennis stuff like that. Um, they have the waffle runner and mostly low tops and sh light shoes like that. And they're not cool. Um, and so the, the setup of the, sh the movie is that they're kind of on the verge of shutting down their basketball shoe division. Um, and just like only focusing on running because Converse and Adidas has them so entirely beat. Mm -hmm. uh, Adidas being, you know, the Nazi company and <laughs> Converse being this big conglomerate or whatever that doesn't care. And, you know, Nike is this little Oregon startup full of crunchy weirdos who, uh, you know, want to do something. And Sonny Vaccaro is this sort of like uh, preternatural talent at like picking sports. He's like a really good sports better. Just mm -hmm. like always wins. Uh, he loves basketball. He's constantly watching tapes and games and like that's his talent is just being good at picking who's good and there's this sort of like thing in the beginning where michael jordan is the third draft pick and uh he hasn't signed with anybody and they're like we got to get him mm -hmm. and he they're like we can't afford him we want to get like a couple you know we're gonna get five or six basketball players on a roster we only have twenty five thousand dollars in the budget and he's like basically he's like thinking about who else to get. And then, so the plan is he concocts this plan. That is what if we just bet all of our budget on Michael Jordan. And so he has to convince Phil Knight to do that. He has to convince the, the head of marketing, uh, who is, I think named Arthur Ash. It's a uh, no Rob Strasser, Jason Bateman's character. Um, and so it's just, it's sort of this like office, comedy drama where it's just like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Jason Bateman like coming up with this plan yeah. to like figure out how to get Jordan to talk to them design a shoe around him that he'll think it's cool and give him a good enough deal to sign him you don't even see Michael Jordan's face I was gonna say does somebody play Michael Jordan he his he you see his body like mm -hmm. he's there but it's just like he's shot where you barely see his face. Someone plays young Michael Jordan. Looks like him. Like, but it's, it's more focused on his parents. Mm -hmm. uh, Viola, Viola Davis being Dolores Jordan, being great. Some of this movie is not true. Like in this movie, he like is talking to Jordan's agent and is like, Give me a just get me on the phone with him. Give me and he's like, I won't do it. I you can't unless you promise me a deal. Unless you give me a twenty five thousand dollar deal, I can't do that. And Phil Knight is like, I'm not gonna do that unless he's like interested or whatever. And so he just like goes and talks to his parents without a deal. That technically didn't happen. Rob Strasser did it. Little things like that are like fudged here and there. Sure. And then at the end their meeting is like ends in like this big impassioned speech that that Vicaro gives uh at the end um and then that that t tends to be like the the winning deal but it really seems like the winning deal is that Jordan's mom is like he will get a percentage <laughs> right of the shoes that have his name on it yeah is this fr i feel like this is in winning time or something they talk about um we haven't gotten to Michael Jordan in winning time. No, but I think like 
well, because you know it like it takes place it kind of around. like a lot across time or whatever. I feel like maybe there's something in Winning Time where like Nike approaches Magic and he turns them down, and then he like maybe says something about like, and then they go on to do this, yeah, this, and this, yeah. and like Michael Jordan gets like a cut of the thing, and like he makes way more money than anyone's ever made off a fucking shoe ever. Yeah, Jordan's a billionaire because of it. Um, and so that's the story. The story is they get their guy and they have to spend a lot of money and they do it. And it's a, I I just think it's an interesting story. Like right. I, I think there's been a lot of discourse about like, why are we making movies that are just commercials for commercials mm-hmm. or whatever? And it's like, I don't know if people understand that they live in a country that is only, that they're only saints their only celebrities are corporations, you know, like right. <laughs> I don't, that's how it is. Like it's the eighties. Like, what do you want? Like, it's an interesting story about like how like a monolith of culture came to be. Um, and it's not completely true. It's not a documentary, but it's interesting and it's a good, yeah, movie. I don't know. Like it, I don't really hold that type of movie to that standard. Like, I don't know why anybody would, you mean like a like a biopic? Or yeah, to a- be like a hundred percent accurate. Like I feel, you know, <laughs> it's who gives a shit really? Like, yeah, is, it, is mean, that that important to anybody that it's like a hundred percent accurate? It can be like a little fudged. You can kind of yeah, make I mean, the story better to make things make more sense. On just camera. to have a through line of a single character, make yeah, people because otherwise one it character. fucking meanders. You know, like and it's, it's funny because people just like. Also, people just give that argument of like, well, you did dirty by these people. And it's like, what do you think the point of this movie is to like jerk off everyone involved? Yeah. Like, it, who cares? Like, it does I don't feel care. like that's the direction we're fucking going in, though, huh? Doesn't it feel like everything yeah. now has to be like, like you have to like all the characters and they have to be good and they have to all get happy endings and right. you know everything has to work out, you know, otherwise people are going to be upset (laughs) yeah it's like i don't you can't you can't be upset at a movie (laughs) i don't really give a shit if the real rob strasser is annoyed that his part like was like conflated a little into a different person like shut up i don't care i don't care (laughs) i don't need to know the inner workings of every single piece of the office that happened in 1984 yeah i especially don't care if it's the person saying it like all this shit about like the fucking winning time guy being like i that's not me i'm not actually angry like that don't care don't care (laughs) and in fact i now think you're really angry (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like what what is the what is bad about it like do you think history is written completely accurate? I think yeah, that's what's right. like really uh, what's really upsetting of, to me about it is that like people are going around reading like history books and being like this is a hundred percent factually and true and there's no interpretation. Like, is that really how you think history is written? Like, most of the shit is a lie. Like, you've got to read twenty different sources to get a picture of what maybe probably happened. Um, so not not the point. The point is is that it's a cute story. It's directed nicely. It's pretty pretty paint by numbers, I think. Um but Matt Damon does a really good job. Um Ben Affleck is really enjoy I really like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together. Always. Um 
they're I mean it they they have a lot of scenes where they get to yell at each other and it's really good. Nice. Um uh Matt Damon and Viola Davis are really good. Viola Davis is really good. Um yeah, it's it's just a really cute little movie about people trying to do something a little project together and then succeeding and that's fine. It's a nice little movie. I don't know. I had fun watching it. I like movies that are like procedurals about people trying to accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of the same feeling I get from um, like heist movies. You sure. know, this is the or, uh, or uh, like all the president's men, like people working on a little project and then like they get to put out the paper. Yeah. Put out the story or whatever. I don't know. Whatever that kind of movie is called, it should have a name. I think is it. Um, I think it's usually, procedural, right? Yeah, but that's usually like a police, like they're usually like investigating a crime or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so. But whatever it is, where you know they're in an office and they're just hounding people, and and you know everyone's on the team, and like the weird guy who designs the Air Jordans, he's like he's got to be cool, and it's they they have all this fun back and forth with him and plan comes together plan comes together type of movie uh i liked it yeah all right nice i, I think i'm gonna check it out it's on amazon for free yeah, it's cute i mean you won't no one it would be hard to imagine watching this movie and being like fuck off this sucks like fuck it's a, off nike <laughs> like it's a little it's a little cloying it's a little like mm. And you're going to be the best. But it's like, I don't know. That's how. That's what happened. <laughs> he fucking became Michael Jordan. He became Michael Jordan and the shoe became the Air Jordan. Like, what do you yeah. want? <laughs> Which I have. Like, they uh, are like. It changed everything. It fucking changed everything. Yeah. It's it's the like, I mean, they still make those. Yeah. Jordan every, hasn't played in what? Like 25 years <laughs> like yeah, he hasn't played they basketball make, they don't just make one version they make 20 30 versions of them yeah there's i mean way there's got to be in the 30s now right we're at 36 i believe yeah uh jordan 36 came out 36 i think 37 we are at 37 i think that one's coming out no, that one's out. Yeah, because I remember we were like getting up to the twenties when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And they were awful. Yeah. <laughs> the t- <laughs> that whole decade of Jordans fucking suck. Um But uh I-, I like some of the newer Jordans. They're actually pretty pretty cool. Uh Jordan thirty eight is gonna be released later this year, usually around the holidays. And, you know, they're still making them. He's still making a gazillion fucking dollars off of them. He's selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets, so he's probably getting even more rich. Um, so, you know, good for him. Thanks to his... Shout out to his mom. Shout out to his family. <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> One of the only billionaires who deserves it. Damn, the Jordan say. 37 looks fucking cool, actually. Yeah, the Jordan 37 is kind of sick. Wow. I really liked. I really liked the Jordan, I think, 36. It's the one with the hole in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jordan thirty six was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I think the thirty seven is a little cooler because it's got that sort of like computery sort of like. Uh, yeah, these are nice. I mean, they kind of look like the the they kind of look like they're based off the threes a little bit. Uh, the pattern. Um, I like the. Wow. I, I tried oh, on the thirty five. Had a hole too. 
Mm-hmm. I tried on the the thirty fives at uh, the Nike store when they came out, and they were very comfortable, but they were a little expensive and not cool enough at the time. Um, the right color hadn't come out. This is so it didn't crazy. Look great on how me. do they like? Like, how does this even work that it's still the Jordans? Like, the, like, because I mean, at the beginning, you have like the conceit of like these are the shoes that Michael Jordan wears, but it's yeah. like, what is the conceit of it now? It's like, <laughs> uh, does I mean, he like have a hand in making them? Like, does he have like input in the design process, or is it just mm-hmm. like this is just a continuation of a shape at this point? I don't know, but it definitely the ball players still wear them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely like. Jordan still has deals, you know, with uh with other basketball players who, you know, wear his shoes and then people are like, "Oh, cool. They're wearing Jordans." It's just it's just another brand oh, and at they're, this point. Yeah, I was going to say and they're not um they're not Nike anymore, right? Uh the partnership because of the way that original deal works is that it's kind of a separate company that Nike owns. Okay. But he owns a stake in it after a certain point. Uh, Jordan Brand is is a different, I think, a technically a different line of shoes owned by like a slightly different company or like some a company owned by Nike. I think so. But they don't have the swoosh. They haven't had the swoosh since the very first one. Damn. Second one, no swoosh. That's never, crazy. I think like basically never again. Uh okay. We should get to yeah, our let's feature stop presentation. Talking about sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about sneakers and I could talk about it for a little while. So feature presentation is Robert Eggers The Lighthouse starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson from twenty nineteen. It is Robert Eggers, I think his third movie? Second movie. Second movie, me. yeah um the after the vich um and before the northman and before the northman um this is a movie that's all in black and white it's in a 1.19 aspect ratio Mm -hmm. um it's very artsy uh and it's very funny uh it features only two characters there appears to be one other actor two other actors yeah on the boat at the beginning there's a couple other people but i'm not even sure oh, if yeah. they're like credited oh they are oh and, and there's the there's the mermaid there's the mermaid and then there's the guy he killed or, or yeah. accidentally killed um yeah so what what was your uh, experience with this movie you had seen it before i had seen it i watched it um i guess towards the beginning of this show i went into that very handy document uh, that, that, oh, yeah. that, uh, Sammy, Sammy makes, yeah, that notes every movie we've ever referenced. Uh, it's on so the show. awesome. That, it's that really helpful. It. I love it. Um, <laughs> and so I went back and, uh, found where I had mentioned it. It was on the loose change episode. It was shout my, out to um, Sammy Cree and Carrie for keeping that shit up to date. Very and shout out us. to, uh, loose change for letting, you know, letting the world know what really happened on 9-11 yeah exactly no 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 mistakes in that movie no mistakes not a single one <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but so i guess i watched it kind of towards the beginning of uh 
Yeah. Towards the beginning of this show. I probably um, forget because I was in Los Angeles when we did that episode. And yeah. I was and, and very it tired. Was, um, I mean, this would have been like early pandemic where like everybody was just absolutely chewing through movies. Like, because I, I, um, I looked at it and it was like, I, uh, I watched in the same week, I watched this and, um, uh, oh no, that wouldn't have been the pandemic, right? No, no, it was February. It yeah, that's right. And you yet. were in LA. Mm-hmm. So, it was scary. I was hearing about it and people in LA had it and I was right. like, hope I don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was. Uh, so I guess I just watched a lot of shit that week then, because it was. <laughs> I, I watched it shit. in the same week as I watched um, uh, Midsommar and Hereditary. Um, wow. Yeah, an interesting week. <laughs> no yeah, idea lots how of that dark happened. ass movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so I watched it and I liked it a lot, and um, and that's really it. That's that's as far as my history with it goes. I so guess. you just liked it. I liked just- it. Yeah. It's interesting because it doesn't seem like a movie. So did you, you like the witch? No, you didn't see it or you didn't like, I it? didn't like it. Yeah. It I doesn't saw that seem at the Nighthawk. Like, I remember it doesn't seem like a movie you would seek out mm-hmm. being a black and white. It's not long, no, but it's, it's not like kind of artsy and I don't, I don't know. I guess it is sea. It's about the sea. That's yeah, cool. it's about the sea. And I think I remember people saying it was funny. And so that was why I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I really liked The Witch. Um, this was a movie that spoke to me. It looks really cool. It's got this very sort of like, uh, it looks like if Bellatar was doing a like Eldritch Horror movie, um, sort of a Cthulhu-ass type of movie um so i was i was all in just from the trailer um and the movie is just about this man named Ephraim winslow uh who is supposed to do a job where he mans a lighthouse yeah he's well he's trying to get into the lighthouse business and uh i yeah. guess you have to like pay your dues being the light the lighthouse man's kind of bitch um, and do all of, like the shit work around the around the island. Um, you got to pay your dues for a little while before you get to man your own lighthouse. I guess, but like that's kind of thrown. He doesn't seem to know that at first. He thinks yeah, he's, he, he's gonna he keeps do. referencing the manual, being like, "I get to see the light too, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he gets there, and Willem Dafoe is in charge of the lighthouse. He's he's a more experienced lighthouse keeper. This is his lighthouse, it seems. Uh, and right from the get-go like i like that there's no ambiguity about this whatsoever right from the get-go you notice like they show you pretty explicitly that willem dafoe has a weird relationship with the light yeah because like he's He's like like, it's mine and you can't look up there and he's up there naked he's like well yeah exactly so it's like he's like at first he's like listen to me like i don't care what the book says i don't care what none of this shit says you're the assistant I've I'm experienced. I do the light. You do all the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. And and um, and you leave you you leave the light to me. Okay. See you later. And then he goes upstairs and he just takes all his clothes off and he just like <laughs> bathes in the light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Willem Dafoe looks amazing in this movie. Yes. He's got a huge beard and his hair's all crazy. He looks incredibly weathered. Yeah. 
and uh, they Robert... film him so well. I mean, yeah. they just like light him perfectly. Everything he does is so dramatic and so insane. And like part of it is his performance is incredible, but part of it is just that they fucking they just know how to look at Willem Dafoe. You know, it's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, his face is already so, uh, you know, uh, unique. I'll say, mm-hmm. and uh, but the way they make him up, the way his beard looks, the way his hair looks, um, he looks like a every time. Every time I watch this movie, I'm reminded of like like a super nintendo sprite of a pirate mm-hmm. or like a he's like, like the a, um it's like in a in a cut scene in monkey island for the pc <laughs> you know what i mean like you like pan over and you've got like the scary pirate like yeah. a you know like he reminds me of the sailor guy from uh from the simpsons <laughs> who's the sailor guy i from don't the know simpsons? his actual name but there's like a sailor character in the simpsons Sim- or or i mean or groundskeeper willie yeah but um no i mean look at the sailor guy <laughs> oh you mean with the pipe and the beer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. his name is horatio McAllister. apparently <laughs> yeah that guy he does look like that guy yeah um yeah so his character is very 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 much like a sailor or a uh a, a, an ocean man yeah um Robert Pattinson is doing a really good job. And mm-hmm. I, I, my, when I first saw this movie, uh, I didn't think he was as good. And I mean, Willem Dafoe has a lot more to do. But watching it this time, I felt like Robert Pattinson does like his accent is really good. He does basically the Bill the Butcher accent. Yeah, I was going to um, say there was something interesting in his accent work because I think he veers in and out of it but I think it actually works really well and might've been on purpose because Mm. I think that the idea is that he is a fraud, right? He is a like, he's a, he's on the run. He's constantly changing identities. Like it makes sense that his accent would be weird because he's trying to convince him he's from somewhere that he isn't from, you know? Right. It's unclear, but he definitely does it really well sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then some words he says, and it's like, wait, did are you just talking like your normal voice but his actual voice is british mm-hmm. so yeah, it it's never also sounds con- like his regular voice so good, right you know shouts out shouts out um so yeah so i think they both do incredible job i think the acting is really really top notch here mm-hmm. um so he's he sees that uh wake who is uh so their name is wake and winslow uh wake is um defoe uh wake is uh telling him not to bother the uh a seagull says it's bad luck to kill a seagull um it's actually really hard to describe the story because it's sort yeah, of there's episodic. Not a lot of story here it's why kind don't of you, just why don't you get through it yeah it's basically it's like you know they they they're on the island they're there for a month uh shift and uh, it's Robert Pattinson's first time at it. Willem Dafoe knows what he's doing. And he mm-hmm. kind of tells him right early on. He's just like, listen to me, man. You got to have fun. You got to chat. You got to fucking, you got to eat. You got to dance. You got to drink. Because this is boring. And uh, <laughs> you're going to go insane if you don't have fun. Yeah. And dudes go insane here. Uh, and And so, you know, have fun. But then uh, he doesn't, and uh, he's really abusive uh, towards Robert Pattinson, so that kind of also doesn't help matters. 
Right. And, he hits um, him in the face for messing with the seabird. Yeah. He uh, he's just kind of crazy, and uh, and Robert Pattinson starts going crazy, and then um, you know we get some some choice moments where like uh, Robert Pattinson beats a seagull to death against a rock. He like yeah. jacks off to a little toy. He like he sees a one eyed bird. He gets poop in his face when he's emptying the chamber, the yeah. pink chamber pots. All which, sorts. Why of- would why would they have that? Why wouldn't they just like make a little funnel into like a room with a like a ramp that goes into the sea or something mm. like why would you have a chamber pot i don't really get that who knows um but so basically uh robert Pattinson starts going insane uh then when he beats the seagull to death there's a storm and then um they were supposed to be done uh, there's supposed to be a boat coming for them but then the storm comes and the boat can't come and um maybe can't ever come not clear (laughs) (laughs) yeah and eventually robert pattinson goes crazy enough that he like uh he like reads willem defoe's diary and in willem defoe's diary he's like this guy's crazy uh don't pay him yeah and then he uh he tries to bury him alive and then he uh murders him with an axe and then he goes up to see the light for himself and he just like does like a big ass like marble hornets scream moment and yeah. then he's dying at the end. He's being eaten alive by gulls. By gulls, yeah. Um for some reason. Uh and that's the movie and the thing about the movie is that there isn't much else to it. Uh mm-hmm. everything else is that you uh, sort of the big plot point you missed is that uh you find out Robert Pattinson isn't really named after oh, right, Winslow. Yeah. And when he was working in the forestry place, he like either Thomas Howard or excuse me, Ephraim Winslow, the real Ephraim Winslow died or was killed by Thomas Howard, who is actually him, his real name. Uh, funny. They're both named Thomas. Um, and uh, he took his name for some reason. It's not he had a really clean record. He says, cause he had a clean record. So it's like, what was his record before? Lots of questions in this movie. Honestly, you have a lots of questions for this movie. Not a lot of answers from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of my I still don't know how I feel about this movie. When I saw this movie in the theater, my feeling was that it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It goes down easy. Uh, it's funny. It's enjoyable to watch. It's a little spooky, a little scary, and has a lot of stuff in it that makes you want to like think about it um, and be like, what do they mean? Why does it kind of seem like a Prometheus myth? Like he's got the fire and then he takes the fire and then literally he's got his like, he's alive and his guts are being eaten. Like, uh, doesn't that happen to Prometheus in the Greek story where he's like, He's cursed. He's supposed to be on a rock. And then the eagle who is supposed to be representative of Zeus is like eating his liver. And then every night his liver grows back and then he gets eaten every day. Uh, So that's like the end of the movie. And so it's like, okay, so it's a Prometheus story. But then like for what? Uh, What does that mean? Why are they trying to say? Um, 
and I was I was like I can't wait to watch that movie again because a it's fun and a good time and then also there's all this stuff to chew on and watching it this time I was sort of just like I don't know if there is anything to it but it's no, still very fun I think that <laughs> I mean I think that my initial read of it is the same read that I have now which is that I mean sure there's like all sorts of like I mean it's obvious that there's some there's some mythological shit happening they like straight up do these shots that are like the one where like it's in Pattinson's dream where like uh Willem Dafoe is the uh is the beacon of the light that's like the, somewhere on here there's like a painting of that from you know oh yeah uh-huh i don't know some shit it's uh, hypnosis by Sasha Schneider. Yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff in there that like I'm sure is like referencing other stuff and whatever, but I think ultimately it's just a simple story, right? It's just about it's 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 about, you know, the precarious position that workers are in under under their bosses, right? And it's like you know, you have Robert Pattinson doing all of this awful work and all the hard stuff around the island and Willem Dafoe just kind of like vibing with a light and that's his job, you know? It's like, you kind of like get this sort of great like manager versus worker sort of thing happening. And I don't think that there's any like greater message than that except you know like you know if you're not the guy who gets to vibe with the light your life sucks you know and that kind of <laughs> blows and maybe someday you do get to vibe with the light but probably not you know and when yeah. you do uh if you do you know pick up a fucking axe and force the issue and and vibe with the light you know it's not gonna end up so hot for you yeah uh Eggers, the director, said the film subtext was influenced by Freud and he hoped that it's a movie where both Young and Freud would be furiously eating their popcorn. Um, and there's a lot of like Oedipal fixation and like it, there's a lot of homosexuality in it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fa- phallus stuff and him jerking off and the fucking the mermaid and then that that painting that you're referencing where the light is going into his face is... Um, it, Sasha Schneider was like uh, a homosexual in like the early 1900s and late 1800s. And so like, I, I just, I mean, I again, th- it's like, I don't think any of that stuff is necessarily like but it's pointing in to the anything movie, though. No, but this is like what it, I mean is it's like, <laughs> I, I would think of that as more like, like these are like spices, you know, these are like things that are adding stuff to it. They're like, giving it this sort of overall vibe, but I don't think he's necessarily trying to say anything about like sexuality in particular, you know? Well, I think I kind of have a problem with that. Like for me, I, I think that like the witch is a movie that is very specifically talking about something. It's not saying much about it, but it's sort of the vibe of, you know, uh, oppression of women and, and repression of women more sure. specifically um, and w- what that looks like and you know making a villain out of somebody who just doesn't want to be in this society that oppresses them yeah um, and that's sort of a little picture of that um, which is fun well then I would say that I would describe this as being sort of like a similar sort of a take on you know like what zero pussy does to a motherfucker like it's like this is literally just about like what being alone and not being able to fuck and not being able to like have any outlet like what it does to people and i think that like all of this like 
you know, all the, the homoeroticism, all of the phallic stuff and whatever is really kind of representative of that, right? It's like, it's these guys are like, they're not necessarily actually gay and attracted to each other or whatever, but it's like, it's like prison, you know, it's like at some point you're just kind of like, I don't know, man, I'm going crazy here, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, he definitely, and uh, so a lot of the scenes you get in this movie are of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson talking. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk fun, especially Dafoe. He talks like an old-timey like pirate, yeah. um, which is great. It's hard to understand him. Definitely need... Subtitles are great, subtitles but they are also great. don't always help because there's a lot of just like sayings and stuff that you're just like... Pfft. Don't know, okay. dude. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get it from context. Actually, I, when I saw the movie in the theater, there was no, uh, there was no subtitles, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the movie. Like, if you, yeah. it was a little hard to understand him, but uh, you get it. And having subtitles, I feel like I got stuff I didn't get before. Uh, but then also was sort of more lost <laughs> because some of the stuff he says just is like completely nonsensical to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, meh. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right is my problem is that I think you're right that a lot of the stuff in this movie is sort of spice to tell a story that is ba- apparently this movie is based or like the initial intention was to make a adaptation of the very last Edgar Allan Poe story that he f- didn't finish okay, uh, called The Lighthouse um, about a guy who sort of annoyed that he can't be the lighthouse keeper because he's like of noble blood and he thought he would it would be easy to get up there and then he gets there and he's alone and then he like slowly starts going crazy but uh, there's no ending to it um but then I guess his brother was writing the movie and then Robert was like, I'll help you because you couldn't figure out how to do it. And then they sort of just like did away with basically everything that Edgar Allan Poe had any reference to that and then sort of did their own thing. So it it feels to me that they kind of were just like, let's make a movie about a guy going crazy in a lighthouse because um, it's got all these cool vibes. You, there's all these cool spices of like sea monsters and uh, dual personalities, and there's phallic stuff, and the, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of these. What what it is to go crazy uh, alone in that environment is well explored and very interesting. But I I think it might be a mistake for me to like put some of this mythology stuff in it, just because it like leads you down like weird, yeah, like dead end pathways that sort of just feel I wonder if part of it is just that it's like like it's period specific stuff where it's like what these dudes would have been into you know because it's like there's that one bit where like uh I mean one of the funniest parts of the movie probably when uh when Pattinson's starting to go really insane. He's like, and your food fucking sucks. All this food you cook <laughs> fucking love blows. And, and, and Will and you're drunk. like, you, you're drunk. You like my cooking. You, you like my lobster, lobster <laughs> don't you? <laughs> and then when he's like, no, fuck your lobster too. And like Will and Defoe just like shoots out of his seat. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, by Neptune, I beg of you. <laughs> he starts like cursing him to like, like ancient <laughs> gods of the sea and whatever. It kind of makes yeah. you 
think like maybe all this Prometheus shit is in there because it's just like mythology was like a bigger thing back then that people just vibed with and and like sure. maybe that's kind of why it's all in there because that would be like what their brains are going to to you know to like make sense of this shit and whatever. But yeah, his monologues. I mean, he just has so many incredible monologues in this. Yeah, and and it's, and just like the the way that he's able to just like pull his performance to like so many energy levels within the same just like insane you know rant. It, it, it's it's truly it's it's a very special performance from him. I think absolutely. I mean, I I think. The movie is worth watching, even if everything, even though I didn't like the rest of the movie, the movie's worth watching for him, mm-hmm. uh, for this performance. Um, it it helps that it's also shot, like you said, like just shot incredibly. Like yeah. he's also fun to look at. Robert Pattinson is also great. I mean, like every many other things about this movie are great. Um, but Defoe here is just sort of free to do just probably the best performance I've seen him do, except for, uh, maybe wild at heart. Um, just really crazy. (laughs) Like wild at heart has a performance where he's one of like the most disgusting people I've ever seen in a movie. Um, this is, he's cool though. This is, he's like gross and, and crotchety and weird, but he's, he's also kind of (laughs) cool. He looks cool and he, you kind of want to, you kind of want to hang out with him. And you get to that the whole movie just delivers on like, what is this guy like? Yeah. Uh, he's really know. like, um, he's got a great ability to just kind of like hit these little, like he finds little moments to just like undercut Robert Pattinson. Like when things have gotten at their most dramatic, it's always yeah. really funny where it's just like, it, it reminded me a lot of, um, Jack Lemon in, um, Glenn Gary. And Glenn Gary, when he's just like, well, you sure are a shithead. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> so many moments where Willem Dafoe hits him with one of those. He's just like, and you spilled your beans. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you spill your beans? You're calling me a murderer, and yet <laughs> you spilled your beans. <laughs> yeah, stand down. Look at you, a handsome lad. Uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not surprised that he became like this character, like God. kind of inspired a lot of memes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Look at I you mean, he's posting he's... cringe. <laughs> <laughs> There's um another really good one is uh when he's like he's trying to like get Robert Pattinson to start talking because Robert Pattinson is all like I don't like to talk very much. Oh yeah, and, uh-huh. and he finally gets him to like open up about his origin story and whatever, and he's just like. He's like, and you know, all the stuff about like the timber and I left and I came down here because I wanted to make something new of myself. And like, you know, I heard that a guy can make X amount of money by going further out into the water and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm trying to do my apprenticeship now so I can get out there and make the money and blah, blah, blah. And like, he like really tells this whole long story after like not talking very much for the whole movie. And then Willem Dafoe is just like, so the same boring story then. (laughs) He's so harsh. (laughs) But he's funny. He gets away with it because it's funny. Yeah, he rocks. Uh, and and it's it's weird. It's a weird vibe, I think, because I th- I wish the movie was a little scarier. Mm-hmm. Like there was like it doesn't really commit to being creepy. Like I think when I saw it in the movie theater the first time, uh, 
there was like a sense of like there could be monsters i don't know what is this movie you know uh and it just never delivers on really anything that would be creepy except for just like it's psychological like are they the same you know are they like two sides of the same persona or whatever like you know there's he's there's like going crazy creepy but like besides that there's like a lot of like tentacles and mermaids and one-eyed gulls Mm -hmm. and then the sort of like existential eldritch horror of the light or whatever but it like i wish it was a little scarier and i wish that watching it a second time there was some something to be scared of knowing there isn't any monsters there's no jump scares there's no like intense moments took away from it a little and sort of made it like just a fun movie to watch like almost like a buddy movie and then it's like i don't know what were you saying yeah i think like the closest it gets to being scary is um like when uh when he finds like the dead seagull in the well water that's kind of a creepy image and like i mean generally just like the 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 like dead eyes that he gets when he beats the seagull to death kind of like is a little unsettling and i think the end when he's in the light chamber and just like doing that sort of like like blown out distorted scream sound that 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 works too but i mean ultimately yeah i mean that's scary as much as it's like unsettling you know it's like yeah it's like neat though like it registers as like kind of a cool Mm. music video rather than like emotionally this is so distressing or creepy you know so i i think it's it's a weird movie i i i don't know i i think it could have been a great movie and i think it's just a really cool movie Mm -hmm. um so i recommend it um i think it's a it's definitely a fun watch uh especially if you've never seen it before it's there's like a lot of like what's gonna happen I think if you go in just being like, it's mostly about hanging out with these two people and and sort of seeing what they're about and not expecting much more of that, you'll have a great time. Um, beautifully directed movie, beautifully acted movie. I recommend it. But Yeah, I definitely recommend it. I wish it was a little better, but I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I'd say... I'd say I I recommend it. I think the performances alone are worth it. Mm-hmm. It feels like a play. It feels a like a really good play. play. I think the visual aspect of it is pretty top notch. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I wish it was. I wish it was like ten percent scarier, um, or like twenty percent funnier. If you aren't going to make it ten percent <laughs> scarier, make it twenty percent funnier, and it that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Put a little more like goofy tentacle stuff in it. Put a little more like, you know, mermaid shit in there. Do something weird. Make it more gay. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you could do. Uh, it just kind of walks this weird tie rope. And I think it's sort of just like doesn't go anywhere with it. But I can, it's not enough that I, I'm mad at it at all. It's For just sure. Like, yeah, I it, definitely have a great time watching it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little bit of like wasted potential feeling, but it's still a great time. Okay, that's the episode. And that is Willem Dafoe Month. Thank you, Mr. Dafoe, for giving us all of these great movies, decades of great performances. We salute you. Um, This has been Generation Loss. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more of our show, 
you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and check out the bonus episodes we've got over there. We do a bonus episode every week. Generally, they're about the movie news, your emails, trailers, or the show we're watching. And if you'd like to vote on the show that we're watching, you can join at the Sopranos here. If you want to tell us what we're watching in the regular episodes, you can join the Dark Council. Sorry for not knowing what it's going to be next week. <laughs> but uh, I'm pr- actually, they have locked in the topic. They said, every, all four of them agreed that it's Tarantino month. Okay. So it's Tarantino month. We're just deciding which movies we're going to watch. All right. Um, they got to get they got to get there. Um but that's what they decided. So get ready for that. If you hate Tarantino, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um we're going to do some of those and we'll see how they go. Um Dark Council, I will be talking to you soon. Um so that's how the Dark Council works. Go ahead and go to generation uh patreon.com/generationloss. Figure it out. Follow us on Twitter at Jen Lost Pod. Follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.